Previously, I talked about the techniques of breath meditation, how to approach it, watching the duration of the breath, long or short, and gravitating to rousing emotional conditions. I want to talk about the aim of this exercise. Quite often, it's taught as a exercise in mindfulness. This particular approach that I'm advocating is beyond mindfulness. And this is where the Buddha wanted us to go. Mindfulness is the seventh path, uh, path factor of the Eightfold Path. We want to push on at least to the beginning or the doorway to the eighth. The eighth factor is the divine. You're stepping into another type of consciousness which is removed from dependency on the world around you, which you experience through sight and sound, smell, taste, touch, and through discursive ideas. This is the point. <clears throat> we want to go into a different type of consciousness where you can uh, experience profoundly beautiful emotional states are not dependent on the circumstances around you. And if breath meditation is not cultivated this way, then its purpose, its aim has not been achieved. There are aims beyond this as well, but <clears throat> we need to introduce the idea of true samadhi. I don't want to translate the word samadhi as concentration. It just doesn't work but profound ease, uh, rapture, um, divine consciousness, uh, these are all more appropriate than concentration. So what we're aiming for here is to exclusively let go of our memory structures. There is no past involved here. You're not analyzing your life. You're not remembering your life. You're not learning lessons from your life. You're not thinking about the future. You're not trying to gladden your mind through positive thoughts about your future. Neither the past nor the future are involved in this. Strictly and exclusively, there is this contact with air. But this experience of air is subjective. It's not objective. Air in the sense that you are going to become enwrapped in the air. You're going to become, like they would say, a poet might say, light and airy. Pervasively full of the lightness, coolness uh, of air. And so this is very important that you understand this is a kind of music, a kind of art, much more than anything else. This is not an exercise in psychology. This is an experience of the mind in the subjective mode, in the art mode, in the poetic mode, but it's utterly transforming as well. It's very, very real, as real as being can get. And it's through this inhalation and exhalation and this pervasion of air through the entire body and mind, 
associated with joyful, unworldly types of emotion. This is the point of the exercise. If you do not aspire to that, and if you don't know you're supposed to go there, how can you get there? So this is the kind of experiences perhaps you had as a child uh, or certain times in your life that you may from time to time remember. Uh, These are special transcendent moments. We want to have more of them, and we want to know how to do this again. We don't want to leave it to chance. We want to be able to create that beautiful transcendent, Uh, uh, condition of consciousness which involves all of you especially your emotional field when the Buddha talks about the factors that are involved he's very brief but he explicitly talks about joy joy interest energy have to be present he's not at all interested in discursive activity reflection on the past or the future, that's absent, but joy, interest, beauty is present. And in, included in this beauty and this joy is your body. So the other aspect that he is very specific about is that your entire body is relieved or not simply neutral, but actually full of positive feeling. So these two things are critically important. The entire entrance to this uh, through the mind and the heart, and your body will also go with you into this. There's one last factor that's, if you're a text reader, you will have come across before, and it's usually translated as one-pointed. It's a very unfortunate translation. Sounds like laser-like concentration or something, but really no. It's oneness. It's the absolute oneness with the experience. This is what you experience maybe when you're a teenager in love, you're embracing you're not, it's not one-pointed, it's oneness with the experience. This is what happens in great music. This is what happens in great art. This is what happens in nature experiences. You are immersed and one. No part of you is left out of this. No part of you wants to be somewhere else. This is the nature of divided attention When you experience dryness in the world, unsatisfactoriness in your life, it's because you are not fully present. You are not exclusively there. Only part of you is. And you're a divided person. So one-pointed, the actual term is ekagata, which is referring to the sort of the peak of a mountain. It really doesn't refer to the, the... pointiness of it. It refers to the oneness of it, the singleness of it. So this is a total commitment. It's, it's like commitment in a relationship. If you're not fully committed, 
it will lack depth and beauty. When you're fully committed, it has transcendent qualities. So this is a form of love, really. Uh, you are devoted and totally giving yourself to this experience. If you leave any part of yourself out, you cannot enter it. And this is the nature of our social structure, the way we think is to be scattered, brief, uh, dabbling. We're not committed. This is to be committed. All of you, and just to the degree you can, will be the strength of the experience. And once you find your way into this experience, you will have a refuge. It will be there. And the more you practice it, it will be there for you uh, throughout your life, and particularly even at the time of death. So this is an incredibly important training. And if you don't have this skill, your life will be shallow and unfulfilling. If you have this skill, a new richness, color, and depth to your life unfolds. So that is the point of this breath meditation. And we will even go beyond this in other talks.